welcome back to Date Carpod. I'm Jenna, and we are back for Senior Sex Week. Literally, my boss today was like, oh, how was the show last night? I was like, it was amazing. I got to visualize two seniors fucking anyway, and she looked like me at me like I was an unhinged person, and she's correct. But uh, I'm so excited, and it was just like such a good episode. This season just continues to blow me out of the water and surprise me and confuse me and intrigue me. And to help break it down and talk about it, I am joined back on the podcast by the lovely Dr. Diane. Hey, Jenna. Yay. We both have our PJs on. <laughs> it is like we're like we're going to do our own overnights. We are. A pillow talk. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I know. When he said pillow talk, I was like, my God, I'm obsessed. He had what? Kicking boots, pillow talk, uh, behind closed doors. I was like writing down all the euphemisms for segs week. Yes. <laughs> segs week. Oh, my God. So exciting. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming back. I mean, when we had you on last time, we were we had known that it was gonna happen finally, and we were so excited. And I was like, I and just I'm happy to talk to you about this season because it is it's just like it's so important. I feel like I don't know. It's like such vital television. It is. There's so many amazing conversations. I'm I'm really again blown away by just the comments and the conversations I'm having with people. It's it's really lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's something that you're just like, you were kind of um, surprised that you're seeing this season um, that you maybe didn't expect or or maybe something that you were hopeful and then it's happening. You're like, oh, shit, this is a great conversation. Well, I, I think there's a number of conversations, starting with the conversation that Joan started about feeling invisible. That to me was like, yes, Joan, yes. Because I have felt that way. And Jenna, I don't know if I told you. I mean, I'm a little older. Yeah, right? I want to, I do actually want to get your story again because you, you briefly mentioned it last time. But like for people who didn't listen, let's like sure. get your journey. <laughs> I usually don't tell people my age, but I'll say it here. It's on a podcast. I'm 57. Wonderful. I'm 57, married a widower later in life. I met him when I was 41, got married at 43. I had dated a ton, first marriage. Um, but I like right there because I had all the feelings that like Leslie's having, like what's wrong with me? How come I can't get it right? My husband was like happily married. So I love, love, love this season for all those reasons. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea that you can find love later, it's even better, you know yourself. Um, I'm just loving like the friendships the uh camaraderie Mm -hmm. like doing each other's hair Mm -hmm. and cooking for one another like it just feels like a warm hug right like that to me compared to like the old cattiness and all of that like that's been what i have found is just like the pleasant surprise and i think gary is a sweetheart and he's just how he can kind of hold space and be empathic and younger people. Um, I had just done a reel about this where like, she's all back was like, isn't that a bit much? And doesn't the fiance feel bad? And I'm like, have you been watching? Gary cries all the time. Like, you know, this is empathy. This is closure. This is what it could look like if you weren't so worried about playing a game, you know? 
so true and i think it comes back to a lot of and this is no hate to younger people um but it's just so glaringly like obvious to me by watch by watching this i have such a deeper understanding of like my own life and everyone's life is and it's not for everybody but like yeah if you are older and you've gone through a lot more stuff you will you'll understand a little bit more of like an authentic experience. And so like, I think that the fiance or whoever, I mean, hopefully is not that bothered because they see, they've also experienced something similar. They've also had those hard conversations. They've, they like Gary for that, for that reason. And for like how he is so like engaged and like, and I've been saying this whole season, like it's so, painful in a good way watching him because he's so engaged with like every person and i think that's just who he is and um i think as you get older you maybe hopefully are not as like i don't want to say the word jealous but like not threatened by your partner doing that a hundred percent agree and and when it comes back to gary my husband was very much like gary very sentimental cried a lot Mm-hmm. And he dated a woman before me because I met my husband about, I think it was three or four years after his wife had passed. Mm-hmm. And he had dated another woman who was very intimidated by like his first wife's memory and like not feeling good enough. And I could get that. But he cried. And to me, it was so soft and sentimental. I felt like there was like this big opening and he was vulnerable. And now he's less that way. And I'm like, I miss that old guy who was more sentimental. <laughs> Where did he go? <laughs> uh, so it, it's, I can totally relate to that because the, the young person, no fault to them, might interpret that that he's not over that person, yeah. right? Like he's yeah. still pining, he's not ready. And I've seen comments like that. I'm like, no, 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 no. It just means he's sentimental because this is grief. And this is what you want. You want someone who is empathic and soft and can see you. And um, so let's not, you know, let's normalize that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's like a goal, you know, (laughs) when you get a little older and you're like, oh yeah, we don't need, it doesn't need to be a big thing. doesn't need to be a sign of like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it is interesting though because we the show we are watching, right? And I and I mean, I can't not think of Ben Higgins and the yes. you know because it was so passionate when he did that as well. And I can't. I mean, yeah, like I don't blame Lauren for having feelings. Not that that was like the demise of their relationship, but uh, you know, I don't blame her for having feelings for the way he expressed his love for JoJo on the screen. And so, um, you know, I, and also like if the, whoever is with Gary now has feelings, I think that's also valid. Yes. But I think I'm watching something that I'm like, definitely like, I don't find myself feeling that way. Like last night I was watching my roommates and a couple of friends and they were starting to get really mad at Gary. And I was, I was also like, you know, like, wait a second, Gary, like, this is making me, oh, but I kind of was like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like he's being so in the moment. And, uh, I mean, I was also, I mean, I was, I was terrified. I was just like, this is gonna, this is gonna fuck him over, you know? Uh, and I'm a little scared. <laughs> you know, I think that the difference, though, is that when you have had children and had loss, this other stuff is so much smaller in the scope of things. And so 
I jokingly in a comment said something like, you know, hope Gary doesn't have a heart attack only because he joked about that. Right, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a heart attack, right? Um, and I thought we'll get to, you know, the fantasy suites because it's like, give the guy more time to just recover for Pete's sake. I mean, my God, you can't go on like three hours of sleep and then go on another date. Like that's not fair to a senior person. And let's not call them elderly. Let's call them seniors. Like I don't like the word elderly. I'm like, um, but it's, it's a lot of things. And I do think that what's so lovely is the new conversations. To me, the joy of this is that new people are coming to the franchise. I mean, They've had 11 million, fo- you know, 11 million followers where on average we have about three. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge difference. And and here's what's brilliant about the marketing is these are the people who watch TV live. Mm-hmm. Older people. These are the people who are not on Hulu watching it the next day. These are people who have TV, like subscriptions to TV. Mm-hmm. And I just think the marketing has been brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm loving everything. I wear my golden bachelor sweatshirt you know at trader joe's and people are stopping me and asking me about the show i mean it's like working right it's great no it really is it's like the amount of people i've talked to who have never watched the show or watching it and they're just like oh my god tell me everything jenna what are your thoughts and or like they're like oh my god have you heard of the golden bachelor i'm like yes of course i've (laughs) where have you been where have you been fake fan no um I'm excited. No, it's great. And yeah, and I think another another conversation that's being normalized is that seniors like to fuck. <laughs> like, you know, they asked him when he was on the, you know, after the final rose last season, hey, Gary, do you think you're going to have fantasy suites? And he's like, yeah, I mean, if it comes to that and we'll get there and we'll talk about it and we'll go through the intimacy and all those things. And so then he sits down with Jesse and they start talking about how the women and they go through their little spiel about each woman and um you know the show is doing a really you know classic show job of editing the connections where you know pretty much anyone in the room's like oh well he's gonna pick leslie but then it's like well later on we see a great connection with teresa i thought he was gonna pick faith right you know there's all that and then Jesse's like, okay, well, let's let's talk about what's going to go on this week. And they have the silliest, cutest conversation about it. I had to look up knocking boots. I mean, I was like, what is knocking boots? I've never even heard of that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Jesse, I'm going to smash. I'm going to smash that puss. <laughs> I have to tell you, Jenna, I have a theory that they didn't have sex. Mm. I have a theory that he didn't sleep with either of them because Leslie looked a little frustrated the next morning and I felt like they were pushing hard on the feet and the whole wink wink and oh we were up late I felt it was a little overdone and I'm I actually thought because I'd heard him in another interviewing saying you know it's a very different thing and I had a feeling they didn't have sex hmm intriguing i mean i just throw that out there yeah um well before we get to those parts i mean like what is interesting is that he does say that like you know intimacy is an important part of relationship and that he's not you know afraid to do that and then you know they have he asks jesse if uh you know what how he would see feel when he sees his parents coming down with an extra pep in their step and jesse but it's like funny because on the main season we don't get this deep in it no no so it was kind of it's like it was a little forced in some ways but i mean i kind of loved it like what are your like do you feel like there is a stigma to like 
when you're of a certain age, you, you're just assumed to not be um, being intimate in any way. And then you also shouldn't talk about it. Well, did you know that Jerry, Jerry's father is still alive at 93? Wow. Jerry's, I mean, I do my background research on this. His father is 93 and was on the record by saying that like, Gary's not going to move. And, but then he left his mother 14 years ago or something. Mm. So the mom, interesting enough, mom was alcoholic. Mm. And so I always want to dig into the family history and what's going on here. Like my theory was, you know, is he going to choose like the wounded bird? Where did he learn that? Mm. You know, that's back to like family. So I'm not answering your question. No, but I love it. But I just find, you know, is Gary going to also just, you know, so many questions. Does he choose someone closer to his age? But if his wife was closer to his age and she died, you know, because I have, I have had these conversations with my husband just because these are real things and we're 10 years apart. And I don't think that's a huge age gap, but like people were freaked out about the younger women and the older, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're all still close in age. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that as a big thing. So forgive me, Jenna, what was the question? Well, no, I mean, I love this part, this dialogue too. And like, yeah, the age doesn't bother me because, you know, Natalie and Nick, like there's not. A hundred percent. No, I, yeah, is that, is there a stigma to uh, seniors having sex and, you know, not having, talking about it and stuff? And I think that that's, you Well, know. I will tell you the truth, okay? Mm -hmm. And the truth is myself having been, you know, later in my 50s, you do lose libido. Yeah. And I have lots of clients and we talk about this. Absolutely. Estrogen goes down, testosterone mm -hmm. goes down. Now, interesting enough, I still remember in undergrad taking a 269 class, okay, literally on sexuality. And we watched a video of 70 year olds naked getting it on. And the whole thing I still remember from this graphic video, I was in my 20s, right, in undergrad watching this video of these old people having sex. And they said it just takes longer to get excited, but everything else works, right? Mm -hmm. Everything else is the same. I think in some ways for women, it's about, do I, do I have a partner, right? Like for men, sexuality is more like horniness for women. It's targeted on a particular person and how I feel about them, mm -hmm. but the parts work, everything works. And, you know, we just don't talk about it. We don't think of women. You don't think of your grandma, right? Like that's where Jesse was kind of like shying away from that, but I think it's great. And at the same time, it's still important. Like, are you sleeping with other people? And what does this mean? And how much do you like me? Because the fascinating thing is the brain doesn't know time. Okay. So my brain, if you think about it, even in post-traumatic stress, your brain does not know time. It has no anchors for time. Oh. I can dream like I'm in my twenties or thirties. It doesn't know my actual age. So how then falling in love activates the same systems in the brain mm. so i feel young again i don't know that like my body is 70. my brain is still the same yeah wow so it's fascinating that. about just thinking about yeah you can fall in love at any age i, I literally i've known people you know that were widow widowers got together in their 80s you know mm -hmm. it, it can happen at any point and i back to joan's point about we're not invisible don't take us out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
do not take us out. I love that. And like, I guess it just goes to, we are seeing it literally happen on our screen. A lot of these women are feeling so invigorated by the process and Gary himself. Like I really am seeing this man just fully so full of like energy um, and like excitement. And I worry in hope. in hope. Yeah. And I worry for him that he is still going through some kind of active grief process um, and that he there's going to be a big like crash of some sort or like an issue because it's like, you know, he is like, he says he's looking for his next great love and it doesn't take away from the Tony. It doesn't take away any, I, and I believe that he is like believes that and has done a lot of that work, but I'm also like, you know, I wonder about him actually getting on his knee and like proposing and like getting flashbacks of doing it before and how he's, is he going to bring the woman into the house that he bought for Tony that she basically died in? And, uh, yeah. you know, I think that it's so I'm seeing, I'm seeing him experiencing that feeling you're saying of not knowing time and who your age is and falling in love and all of that. But like, well, it also, you know, butt heads against like this other reality that like he he would not be on the show if it weren't for the fact that she's dead. And like, that's a harsh reality. Well, and, and back to my husband, because I've lived this. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've had a great love and you've want you want it again, kind of like Joan said, I'm even more eager now because I have a taste of it. And it's like, a mirage like you give me one good person and now suddenly i realize there are good people out there like i want this for myself it's very different than pining over an ex the person's gone yeah you basically just have their memory so i never feared that my husband was happily married and wanted to be that way again and i'll tell you he stood out like a big green flag for me because i dated a lot of divorced cynical people Ooh, do you want to get married again? Do you want to get married? I'm like, yes, please. And they had such negativity that he, this is why, this is why the women have fallen in love with Gary. Mm -hmm. You see, again, my husband too, a beacon of hope who was happily married. You go, I want to anchor to him because he knows the sauce and I want that sauce. Shit. Yeah. 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 Oh. God damn, that's so true. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we get the date with Leslie and they go up, they <laughs> like yeah, rappelling down this like rock face next to a waterfall. Genuinely looked more dangerous than some of the other dates uh that on are on the main season. <laughs> Terrified. <laughs> I've actually done that exact thing. I stayed at that same resort in Costa Rica love my husband and i and our boys have been there and it's amazing i don't think we did that exact repelling but we did go repelling someplace and you also forget that this is like a third world country and they have different restrictions on like safety and everything so they had a ton of people there with harnesses and it's actually more protected than you think mm. yeah that's good that's good and they get in the water and they're chatting and um you know i don't really quite remember the conversation it was too loud the waterfall was too loud <laughs> <laughs> but we get to the evening time and uh gary's like you know everything's going really great but i feel like leslie you haven't really asked me the hard questions the real hard questions and she's like oh yeah i guess so so uh here's a hard question gary when's the last time you fucking fucked <laughs> and he's like <laughs> he's like 
hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, like with another person or with myself? Amen. Masturbation reference, please. I've like levitated out of my seat. Okay, Jenna, did you see Jared Freed's take on this? No. Okay, he did a sock puppet. And he goes, but I already have a partner, my left sock. And it was just hysterical. I got to tell you, it was mm. really cute. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was mm. great. Yeah. Another great moment of for representation. I love it. Um, and he alludes to it's been a while. We don't yes. know the, how long. Um, I'm getting that it was after Tony. Like he's been yes. intimate since in the like six to seven years. And then Leslie says it's been about a year for her and no response from him in a negative way or anything. And I just like, I loved it. It was like, that was a green flag again to me. It was just like, cool, cool, cool. Great. And then he was like, but actually I need to know more about real hard shit. Leslie, come on. <laughs> um, and so they talk about the big elephant in the, in the room, in my opinion, with a lot of these relationships is what is going to happen after uh, yes. the show if you if you do end up choosing each other and it's where are they going to live and what are they going to do and you know Leslie has a great uh, response of like we will work on it together and Gary loves that response um, she does say she doesn't really want to leave her her roots and her family and uh, you know I haven't heard whether, whether Gary really believes that on his own like do you know that has Gary really been saying like I need to stay actually fascinating i was trying to um find out information on gary gary actually said i think it was his father who was who did an interview this 93 year old man who said something like gary's radius was like 60 miles from home and then listen to this gary met some woman who lived like 90 miles away from his house he took her to dinner anyway and she catfished him her picture was totally like different and i'm like oh my god but he paid for her dinner anyway i was like i thought this was an adorable story yeah that's pretty funny but gary has been on the record and he has said that he would move okay? okay yeah so that was the good part but i do think that this was again the kiss of death geographic location for faith i really do think yeah. that it was hard for him to get over that and, and that's a far, just, you know, all things equal, right? Washington to Indiana is very different than Minnesota to Indiana or even New Jersey to um, Indiana. I think you have to just say, where are we? I thought Leslie handled that incredibly well saying we, instead of by coastal, by Midwestern, by Midwesterner, mm -hmm. I thought that was cute. You know, mm -hmm. I think just talk about it as it is. Mm -hmm, definitely. Both will, will have to make sacrifices to make this work. And if they both have separate homes, I know couples who literally like one lives on one coast, one lives on the other, and they have two and they still make it work. You can, you can make it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. I think that, you know, it could benefit both people from taking like six months over here, some months there. I know she wants to be close to her grandkids and I know he wants to be close to his grandkids. I do think his grandkids are older, which is, yes. I guess, a little nicer. Like, and I can see him being more flexible in that sense, right? Maybe he's, you know, originally, like his dad said, he had a 60 mile radius, but now he's a little older and they're also a little older. And so like, you know, uh, yeah, he could be a little bit more flexible and he could spend more time going. And I know that he wants, they want to travel, you know, anyone with him and he wants to, you know, yeah. Jenna, I really do think that if they did more of the love is blind model and if they really found people who lived in the same city, I am a huge advocate for that. It's really hard. I, 
had moved from Chicago to California for a fiance, it's hard. Mm -hmm. You think that, and I, I mean, and I was engaged and you think love conquers all, but it's really hard. Picking up and moving and starting over, especially at that age when, when Teresa sees her grandchildren every day. I don't care that she's lonely. Like that's a huge deal. So I even felt like more protective of this cast than any other. Like, oh my God, just given people who live in their hometown. Yeah, because this yeah. really seems to matter to me. When I'm, I'm watching last night and I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times the distance is what or is what seemingly messes up the yes. uh, the younger couples too. You know, notably I'm thinking about Nick and Vanessa. Yep. Um, you know, she lived in Canada and she had such a huge family and she moved in LA and it didn't work out. And she moved back to Canada. So like, and it, but it's like a lot of times a lot of the, the youths are like, no, it's fine. I actually am down to move. Like I'm whatever, like my job is flexible. I. I will make new friends. I'm now going to be an influencer. It doesn't really matter to me. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I can buy that. I buy that from them. But with this, I am just constantly like, oh my God, no. And it's really wild. And it's such a interesting component to the show that in the main season seemingly becomes a conflict, but it's like, in this case, it really is in a way. And I, I'm just so anxious because yeah, you're right. Like, uh, Teresa's daughter was like, don't take my mom from me. Like she's here every day. So I don't, I don't really know what, what's going to happen. It's really stressing me out. <laughs> it, I have to tell you, I too, I'm like holding my breath on that. I have two worries, one geographic location and two social media because people, you know, we'll get to Teresa, but people have not been as kind to her. And I, my advice is turn that turn that crap off, you know, kind of the way, like Gary said, you know, nobody deserves to hear this stuff. I really hope you can, because social media has taken couples down and I so don't want that to happen. You know, there was a meme about like, let's hope Gary doesn't, whoever he's with, then like, you know, get rid of them and find a 20 year old. I'm like, no, we cannot. we will riot in the streets if that happens. I mean, no way. I know I'm like now nah, I'm like oh my god oh my god uh yeah no it's it's wild and I mean listen if you want my like real honest opinion I like Leslie but I think that she is more of the influencer type and it gives me a little worry uh uh not that much because I don't think she's here for the wrong reasons in like a really drastic way. And honestly, I will say also her her little speech at the dinner time was so beautiful. Speech is the wrong word to make it seem fake, but her her moment of talking about like, you know, she's been divorced twice, which I love, it's just, oh God, this show is so good. Um, You really are seeing this, like, that's such a beautiful story to tell. Like, you know, somebody has been divorced twice, twice and is looking to, you know, when he says, if this is gonna happen, this is gonna be tell death to us part. And that like, undid uh, her because she's just like i've never really believed that before and that was so endearing and so i really do like her and i and i believe in her but it's also like she she is like in the entertainment field a little bit she is a little more influencery and is that bad i don't know like he's the first senior bachelor like he's gonna have to like do influencer things so like maybe they're actually perfect for each other in this regard she can handle it she can handle the online stuff and um, I mean, there is obviously a connection, you know, at nighttime, they, he says to her, oh my God, he says that like, I can't, what, what prompted it? Well, that I went back and I watched it again, right? Because he said, you could be the one, right? Yeah. 
Um, and I was like, oh God, Gary, like, are you, how do you recover from that if it is Teresa? I mean, I know that almost bothered me more than like Faith because I felt like with Faith, he was kind of caught up in the moment and her family, but like he had, he has initiated those things with Leslie. So I am thinking if, if Teresa is a fiance, that's tough to get over, right? Yeah. To go back and watch that, it's like, oh my God, right? Yeah. That's hard. Um, I don't know what's really prompting that. I think that, you know, people are saying, of course, Gary's more attracted to Leslie. She's more fun. She's more, you know, playful, more the chemistry with Teresa. It's a different thing. It's more safety, security, uh, connection, familiarity. So I just think they're just different people. They're apples and oranges and we can't kind of compare them. Yeah, yeah. So true. And I really felt that so much last night. I was just like, they really are just such different people. Yes. yes. Um, and both are good options for him. And, and it's really painful to see like how, how that is becoming, I mean, gosh, it's that it's that forced polyamory competition element of the show that is uh the most at play that i've seen in a long time like he really can see the value and like connection in both relationships but like and we can too but it's like he has to choose one well um, you know what i loved though jenna is that they did not put them in the same room oh thank god i know i thought about that god. I thought about that and I was thinking about like Maddie Pruitt and everybody <laughs> in the same room. And I thought, oh, thank God, you know, and, and having stayed at this place, I don't remember any kind of common. So I don't remember a suite. We just had like a smaller room. So I don't I don't remember like the logistics on the lodging. But, you know, if poor Teresa had to and both Leslie, both both of them, if they had to watch the other person come back from their date. Oh, my God, that would have been horrible. And they just bring Kathy back to be like, zip it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Zip it. Zip it. She's funny. I, She's I, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a Kathy stan. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, they go into the overnights and uh, we get, uh, you know, them. <laughs> getting getting ready to make out and do things and then they're like oh we're gonna turn off the lights oh let me uh classic dad moment let me uh set the thermometer it's a little too hot in here what are we gonna set it at 70 69 <laughs> i thought it was hysterical i loved it i mean i'm like who who writes this stuff i'm like this is good yeah um wake up in the morning he looks okay so i find that interesting that you don't think they fucked i guess i didn't really think enough to like have a debate with you on that. Um, he looks really relaxed yeah. uh, himself, but yeah, maybe Leslie's not looking relaxed and there's, you know, he says like this, I, people are going to want to know, and I don't think it's any of their fucking business. He curses. I love when Gary yeah, curses. Well, yeah. Listeners, let me know what you think. Uh, do you think they fucked? Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a depraved pervert, so I'm always thinking about like, well, maybe they didn't fuck, but maybe they did some other stuff. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to guess they did some other stuff, but I actually do think that an older person, especially for Teresa, knowing how she hasn't been with anyone, I just think that Gary's waiting until the engagement night. That was my thought. So, and, and I'm also just telling you how it works with older men. There's no guarantee. 
even though you're I'm, I'm sorry but like unless unless you know somebody's done unless you got two viagras for this guy there's no guarantee that it's happening so <laughs> gary may have wanted it but we don't know we don't we don't know <laughs> i'm obsessed oh god do you, oh lord <sighs> hormones sure. are different at that age they really are and and i have a lot of men who older men who are taking you know testosterone or they talk about the loss just as women do in menopause the loss of libido the loss of excitement it's not the same it's not like this urge right it's not like the passion that you once had as a young person it really is different mm -hmm. so true so true hmm um well yeah and then we go to to teresa who now that i'm like thinking about it i feel the urge from her she ran up to him and did that hooju perfectly she did it perfect and she is she is down to fuck in my opinion but at the dinner time she she has her little thoughts about that but um you know so they go on this horseback riding date and you know the show is definitely giving us this like he's distracted edit and you know in some ways he does seem so he does say to camera that he's having a great time he's really excited about his connection with Teresa, but he can't help but be thinking about uh what's leslie doing i'm like bro she's fine she's standing on a on a, a terrace looking out into the distance it's fine monkeys in, in <laughs> r and l looking at the volcano yes it's fine um, no. yeah. <laughs> um you know they do these moments where like teresa is saying something to him and he's not replying now i do want to say like he has hearing aids and he yes. was ahead of her they're outside there's horses i felt like that was really dirty on the show's part and i don't appreciate it Mm-hmm. I didn't like their date. I didn't like their daytime date either. I felt like, you know, what they showed is he was really partnering with Leslie, right? In the repelling because he's like beneath her. It like just lended itself to feel more partnering. And here he's kind of going in front of her and she's trying to catch up. And I didn't like the edit. I really didn't. I didn't think it, it actually really helped Teresa. And they're trying to help us catch up because if if Teresa is the person then we need more to like move us there, right? So we like feel that. We felt it on the first date, but like she's lagged behind. And then the whole Kathy edit really like made her look really anxious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, it's really, and I don't agree with this sentiment, but I agree that this is how the show portrayed her because of the Kathy edit and such is they yes. portrayed her as stupid yes. and an airhead. And uh, and so when we get to the dinner time and Gary's yes. like, uh, I don't know. Oh, God. What do you do? Oh my God. We have to talk about that for like six hours. Oh my God, Gary. Like, Lord, I, I understand how it could get to this point and you don't really know what the, she does, but that was jarring as fuck for me to. <laughs> do you know this was all filmed in three weeks? I know, but like, wow. <laughs> She's your final two, dude. You need a better cue card. Like you need to know their careers. Yeah, I know. But of course, what it did do was, and I understand because I'm sure they were talking for like two hours at that date, right? But like they showed us this scene, and what it did is it set up that Teresa was able to then explain how she's a self-made woman who, you know, taught herself stocks and bonds and yes. is a girl boss and. 
did all of that and how she chose to continue to do it until she might find another partner that she can then choose to like settle down for which you know a little bit a little part of me was like you don't have to settle for a man but it, it's this is Teresa's story and it was beautiful and it like totally compelled Gary into like seeing her as this different person and I was just like oh my god show yeah like you really set her up to fail and then they gave her this beautiful edit and it was wonderful and then she talks about how you know she had been dating and it just oh, what'd she say she was tired of saying no she was feeling bad because she turned a lot of guys yeah, down that's beautiful but you know i think she, i mean she's been widowed for nine years and he's been um a widower for six so not a short time and that's why you know again you were happily married that's a long time to be on your own it really is mm -hmm. No wonder she's doing duck lips, right? With her grandkids. Seriously, I loved that moment. The grand mm -hmm. grandkids outing Teresa. You know, this is my Nana. She does duck lips. I mean. Yeah, it's so good. She's amazing. And yeah, I would love to see her tender bio, please. Um, So, you know, and then she says that like in a way she thought it was like she, it was fate for her to go on yeah. this because she was saying no to those people because she needed to say no to them because she needed to say yes to Gary. I know. <laughs> I know. It's very then she does say that she hasn't um, been intimate with somebody since her husband passed away. And so it's a big deal for her to go into this situation. And that was when I definitely got very nervous, um, you know, but we get this, you know, Gary talking about how he's really glad that he left himself open. Yes. to you know get to know her more and to have these hard questions his heart open he said something yeah. about open to find love yeah. yeah yeah and and having like real connection and so him and her obviously connect on the widow part of it and yes. you know like i guess like my like worry that i want your opinion on is that like i think i was talking about this with um oh yeah the breakup of michael a and danielle um i was like you know you kind of bond over this shared experience and then sometimes you wake up and you realize that's a not enough to make a relationship in some cases um so what are your thoughts on that with this well and i've actually talked with my husband about this because at first oh, so here's our funny thing okay so my husband having been married before and i never having been married so like we, we went and we were buying a car mm -hmm. and so the woman said oh so you're certified pre-owned and you're the new model and i was like <laughs> yes that's exactly right he's certified pre-owned and i'm the new model um and we just laughed about that so i could see it both ways because i can see that there's familiarity in someone who's also lost a spouse and having been married the love of your life and I can also see a place where Leslie is saying, I had a bad picker and I'm going to appreciate you every day because I had a bad picker. Mm -hmm. and, and actually two marriages for a long life is not that much. Like people no. are really coming down hard. Oh my gosh, she was divorced twice. I'm like, but she's 60. You could have a, you could be married for six months. One of them. I don't even know how long. I think one of Leslie's marriages was long, like 20 years or something. Yeah, so I mean, she has kids. And exactly. so like, you know, so I just think let's not be too harsh. I mean, Virginia Satir, by the way, who is a family therapist who like world renowned family therapist was married seven times. Okay. 
And yet she was a renowned family therapist. Like one could say it could happen. So I don't want to have any shame on Leslie for that. But here's where I do think that this was a brilliant edit was the, I talked to my dead spouse. Mm. Like, where else are we ever going to have that conversation? Okay, like mark this right now. We are never going to have this conversation from, oh yeah, I talked to Tony. Oh yeah, I talked to, what was her husband's name? Bill, Billy. yeah. Billy. You know, we're never going to have that. And here's the nice, the lovely thing is they're not competing and they're not feeling bad about that then. Um, I've actually read another woman who wrote a book about that very thing, like in grief, it's normal to talk to your spouse. Um, so that's a lovely thing that they share. And I also understand that they're both Catholic. Oh, mm. that Teresa's Catholic. And so is, um, so is Gary. And Leslie's Jewish, you know, at that point, I don't, if you're not like going to have children, religion plays a different factor in raising children and like what, what is our faith, right? And I don't know how Catholic actually Gary is. I don't, I don't think he's a churchgoer. Like I've never heard anything about that. So I just don't know. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's a beautiful part of it. And the fact that he really does seem to love the fact that she talks to Billy and yep. it seems just so natural in that way. I mean, I'm rooting for them. I love it. And yeah. they do go to the fantasy suite and they wake up, you know, same, the same deal. It's, we don't know what's happened or what's not happened. Um, he, we do get what is important is that we get a voiceover from Gary saying that he did tell uh, Teresa that he loved her in private and that it meant everything to him and then he says this beautiful thing too that he was like it was a moment just between us that we shared and i really found that so romantic yes he told us but i was just like yeah like he's had those moments with the other women but it was a public and i i just that made me feel really something in my cold dead heart (laughs) i i agree with you and i i love how even gary's talking to the camera saying it's none of your business with leslie and then he's saying you know how I feel and I told you in private and I feel like despite the show because at one point I felt like the show was running Gary and I and I do think he's one of these like this these are old school people these are baby boomers and they do things by the rules they're not you know even though you think like you know you know you know free love and you know Woodstock and all of that they're kind of older people are rule followers yeah yeah i've sorry i've seen it yeah <laughs> so i kind of thought gary's gonna follow the rules and if they tell him like don't spoil your season he's gonna be sure to not like spoil his season do you know what i mean like yeah. I, I got the feeling like he really did take this to heart and he probably i mean he wasn't a diva i'm sure i'm sure he was probably pretty easy to film and he gets really involved in these conversations. He gives everyone his divided attention. I mean, he's been a great bachelor for that reason, right? Mm-hmm. He's not a player. We can't, there's, I mean, people have compared him to Clayton and I'm like, there's no comparison. I mean, we can, <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we said it last night in our, our living room, but I was, we were just having a good time, just joking. Cause it was just like funny. Cause we were just like, oh, 
shit. Like, because we were like, you don't have to say that to fuck Leslie. It's fine, buddy. Like, um, but you know, I mean, it brings the question what the producers tell them because I, you know, like, yeah, I just don't know. And like, they have control over the edit and they, you know, he can do whatever the fuck he wants, but like, they're going to show us what they show us. And, uh, but yeah, like, I imagine they do tell him like, but like, but I don't, what I don't imagine is I don't imagine they tell him, don't tell multiple people you love them. Like, if you are in the main season and you've watched a lot of seasons, you should know better by this point. But, um, but I don't think he knows. And I don't think they told him not to, you well, know? Here's what I think they don't prepare you for. I mean, just back to like Caitlin Bristow and everybody else who's actually been on the show. I listen to them more than anything because the rest of us don't know, right? No, we don't know. Yeah. But I think what you don't appreciate is how isolated you are. Yeah. You really have no connection to your friends or your family or anyone else. And so the producers kind of become your friends and your family. And they say, you know, go with your heart, um, say what you feel, be in the moment. And all of that just opens you up in different ways that you never would. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's so hard when someone says, I love you, to, to say thank you right? Like Matt James, well, thank you, right? <laughs> yeah. it, it's very hard to say that. I mean, I just back to like, he's a sentimental guy and he has empathy. And I think it's only natural to say, I love you too. Yeah. I mean, I really think it like takes more energy to like, not say, I love you too, because you've been in this unique experience together and it's not trauma bonding, it's trauma sharing. I did a post on this trauma bonding means you were my aggressor. Okay. Mm -hmm. You actually inflicted trauma on me and I bonded with you because that trauma sharing is we're both in the same shared, weird, screwed up experience. And we bond over that. And that's how all these friendships form because I can't go to my outside friends and explain the bachelor. If you weren't in the pocket with me, and we share that weirdness together. So of course we're bonded around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I and I don't really always fault. I, in fact, I actually think, I mean, it's the most entertaining TV when I think the leads and everyone get into the spaces where they really do let their guards down and they do what the producers tell them, which is just yes. experience it, go for it, whatever, have sex with Nick Vial. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it, but go ahead, you know? Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, and like, that's the most fucking greatest. And that's what's, but that's what we're watching right now. I am fully like, oh my God, was I like, ooh, but I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, just Ambrose was on last week and we talked yes. about how he, it was a beautiful moment of personal selfishness and not selfishness in a negative way where he did say, I love you. And he's experiencing yes. that. And we are, we're pro Gary in that response. So it's just, it's wild. And if anything, it's more the show, the way they're editing it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't really know what's going to happen. And, you know, it, so it, it kind of ends on this cliffhanger where he's like, yeah. I know what I want to do already. And I, and then I don't know. And I, I'm, I don't know what's happening. I feel really weird. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I know my husband and I were watching it closely last night and I really thought like they've cued us and oftentimes they do this, right? They have multiple endings and they show you like one preview one week and a different preview. So like there's like multiple previews, right? Yeah. And you can't figure it out. So 
like he's knocking on somebody's door saying I've made a mistake and it made us believe that it was Leslie because she was upset but then there was a like a flash and I thought I saw Kathy and because that was at that moment an old clip where she said oh my gosh I can't believe this right so you think he's telling Kathy but he could be telling Leslie and we don't and then you see both of them dressed up like they're ready to go to the engagement right like that shocked me I'm like so he didn't actually get rid of one because otherwise you're believing he knocks on the door and gets rid of one and they're just one who knows yeah and then you 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 see him going to the proposal stand and then we get the voiceover of him being like the decision i make today is gonna whatever and i'm like okay so did you not already make the decision but like who knows what that voiceover is from is that from the day that he knocks on somebody's door and sends them home i I don't fucking know uh we do see like more footage of Teresa a little bit but like yeah it's i mean I'm definitely you know what's I funny though so I even said in my YouTube I said don't come with me and tell me you knew all along okay because that kills me it kills me Jenna when people yeah. in the comments who never had any stake or a platform will then come after the fact and said I knew all along I'm like no you didn't you didn't have to put down a prediction you didn't you just said that after the fact to make yourself look good so it bugs me it's like we all just have guesses yeah yeah, so true. We're all along this journey, and I really appreciate a lot of us because faith, the whole faith thing really messed us a lot up. Yeah, truly. Completely convinced it was going to be faith and Leslie. And then, you know, I go back to the literal first preview where we saw there's a scene where him he's walking off in towards the sunset. We see the backs of people when they're wearing fancy wedding gown dresses. It was Nancy. Though. And it was that Nancy. Exactly. So it was like I knew then and there when I figured that out, I was like, shit, we can't fucking trust shit right now. Um, so, you know, people. Yeah, I agree. People were going to be like, well, I think it's going to be this. It's like they have not showed us that stuff. So we don't know because um, that wasn't the one of he is leaving with clearly. <laughs> Right. I mean, people again in the comments are like, oh, you could tell by the look, we knew for sure it was Teresa, but I've heard equal things. Well, you knew the first time he looked at Leslie, it's for sure Leslie. Or Faith. I love that we don't know. I think, yeah. again, it's brilliant editing. I love it. I love that we're having a conversation. I love that it, you're never too old to have hope. I love that. And here's the other thing that I also think. I'm well aware of statistics, divorce rates, et cetera. You know, nowadays people date on average, by the way, four years. Mm. When you're 70, you're not gonna date for four years. Mm-mm. Like people will say, well, what's the rush? The rush is when you find that person, get it going. Yeah. Live life. And and I actually think the thing is when you get to date multiple people, then you even know even more, mm-hmm. right? And because Gary could commit as he was committed in his first marriage. I think he's gonna be all in, I'm hoping. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, because they've you just you just know more stuff about yourself. And and yeah, it's, it, when you date you know a bunch of people at one time, you if, if your goal is monogamy, you do start to like realize, oh, it's, I don't like this, I do like this, and this is why this person is great for me. So yeah, I am hopeful for a great engagement and a, a short engagement and us going to the wedding. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I'm wearing and... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. And uh we're we're not gonna really talk about Paradise, y'all, because Diane has a similar opinion to I, which is 
Lord have mercy, am I so bored by this because of what I'm watching prior to it. I think if I wasn't watching Golden Bachelor leading up to it, I would be much more invested in this season of Paradise. And I have been getting some DMs from people who are into it, and I'm loving that. So, I, you know, like last night I was definitely a little bit more engaged with it, but it's just still really hard for me because I feel like the show is just... I don't, I think it's lost itself a little bit and it doesn't know, it's like. Here's my take on it. And I have to be honest with you. I'm actually feeling bad for, for Kat. I feel like, you know, she was good friends with Charity and I followed that whole story. And I really felt like there was a big, and and you would probably appreciate this. I, I never looked, do you know how many male producers there are versus female producers? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I don't know the answer. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but my feeling is they really lean towards, you know, misogynistic stories. Yes, they do. Especially on Paradise. There's always Hurricane Cat, Storm Olivia, bloody blah, every time. Always, 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 always. 100%. And the women and the women get so riled up by the production, by the men, by the everything. And they're like, and then, yeah, I think just last week what it said perfectly too, like, uh, I don't know, Tanner or one of the men, like they're not getting ran over the coals for their choices either. No, no, right. Because we're back to, you know, grocery store Joe, right? First, you know, he was a first night elimination, right? Fan, you know, he totally had producer favorites on it. Mm -hmm. Michael, producer favorite. I really, and the same thing with Brayden, he was getting a good edit at Kat's expense. Kat literally came out in her DMs and her, in her story saying, I had a conversation with Brayden. And I I openly, most of the time, I hate to say this, but I'm pro-women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it, I, I am. And most, and I'll go up against Dave Neal and everybody else and just say, I'm sorry, but I'm like supporting the women on this one. Yep. And yep. I really think that Kat got a bad edit. And sure, she said some things that she shouldn't have, but then there are people like Blake who have come out and said, you know, Kat tells it like it is, and other people on the show actually love her. And she's gotten a horrible edit, and she's been public about, like, let's not be so mean. But the problem we're now running into, and I actually think this there's some good stuff happening. Okay, with Bachelor in Paradise last season, with Brandon and Serena being forced down our throats and then the whole uh, switch up Love Island kind of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Casa and Mora kind of thing. I thought that they tried to let the stories unfold. The only problem was, again, we weren't that invested in the cast to begin with. And I just feel like they weren't great picks. We didn't know the people that well. So, that's my feeling that, you know, like Jess is just really young and like Blake's trying to have like mature conversations. And I actually appreciated, you know, Blake and, and Katie talking, which felt more mature than Jess, who can't, who's like, I, I sacrificed myself for you. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like you didn't, and that we've seen, you didn't even tell him about kissing that other guy. Tyler. And, and, you know, and, so, and then Rachel getting such a bad edit and she's been through the ringer for Pete's sake. I, I kind of just yeah. feel for Rachel. I just, it's like, you're a bachelorette. You, you should have been given more than this. I just, yeah. so yeah. who are we rooting for right now? I don't even know who the couples are. Aaron and Eliza, Avon and Kylie. Right. 
um <laughs> Jason Blake uh and Cat and 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 John Henry John Henry yeah because Mercedes doesn't know if yes. Tyler likes her um Rachel is now considering staying with Tanner right um when she did get a chance to date Jordan again and I but was are like he's gonna land in engagements I mean I'm not getting spoiled so I don't no, even know but no. like it feels like this is also a three-week process right isn't it three weeks yeah yeah yeah. if that and it's it's like we're in week eight week eight aired right. yesterday and I'm like uh what like i guess and so i i was joking online like they they were like teasing they're like a strongest couple jess and blake on the preview they're gonna be whatever and then it was all fucking switcheroo and katie was just there to do um a roast which i did think was funny but then the so they're like the strongest couple and i was like oh no i feel like i mean i feel like aaron and eliza are the strong couple and then i realized no it's actually um uh uh kylie and even who are the strongest couple because they had their fire emoji pre-show yes agree you know probably more and I actually like i actually like them together yeah yeah so i'm like so that so that's fine right and so i'm yeah. like i guess they're probably going to be the one that is engaged and we're rooting for but i'm not even necessarily rooting for them for two reasons one i'm not seeing enough of them so i'm like i just don't even like i saw more of brandon and serene so like i was uh-huh. rooting for them and then also they've been kind of messy online and I feel like they're being yes. weird. So like, I'm kind of not even rooting for them. <laughs> Olivia and the texts and the yeah. tweets. The so, yeah, that was not, not, I mean, yep. I can't hold that against them as far as like, whether I think they could be a good couple or not, but it's like, I just, it's like, Ooh, none of this is like that and engaging for me. So I'm pretty annoyed because I just want at least like one or two couples that I'm like, I am feeling and I just, you know, Okay, so Jenna, let's wow. fantasize for a moment because what I'd love to see is a golden bachelorette and I'd love to see a golden bachelor in paradise. But my husband and I talked about it. It should be a cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a cruise ship where they each have their own cabins. They're not in like Mexico having to share crabs and bunk beds. Like you cannot put senior women in that. Yeah. Seniors love their cruises and like would have the love boat, Mm -hmm. right? Have like the love dock and like, I mean, this is like what I'm channeling, you know? And they literally should call it like Love Boat or something. They should get their rights and like fucking do it because that would be so good. Um, Yeah, okay. So before we go, I do want, because you and I have similar, I do want your opinion on what we're going to do about Golden Bachelorette because I think it's obviously going to happen. I can't see them not doing that because they'd have to explain like why they're not or whatever. So we're going to get an announcement soon enough. And I'm supportive of any of the women. Literally, I, all of them are fucking perfect except for Patty James. But anyway, uh, I'll get into this. <laughs> um, but what are we going to do? Because you said earlier, just in this episode, like the men who are divorced, it's like, okay, listen, even if they're not pieces of shit, right? Even if they're not pieces of shit and they're the reason for the divorce, it's like, how how easy is it going to be for them to find divorced men who are wanting to do another marriage and so it's like i guess you have to find a bunch of widows because that was like the magic like moment or i guess men who are not married and they have like i see and i feel even weird saying that like good reasons for not getting married um because like everyone has their journey right but i just i am so prejudiced against older men i hate to say this but even when I was back in undergrad in Chicago, a, a colleague of mine did a study on 40-year-old men never married. 
and there's a high comorbidity with depression, anxiety, you know, socio sociopathy, which is like oddness, right? And because usually the men initiate a marriage. It's different for 40-year-old women who are never married than 40-year-old men never married. Again, mm -hmm. maybe that brings you even into medical school or what you say is like good reasons. I was an attorney. I was working my butt off or mm -hmm. I was an investment banker, whatever. But usually by 40, a decision is made. And if you want to be married, we still come back to that's usually initiated by the man. So men who fall outside of that parameter usually have some other things going on. Okay, so I would actually rather have a man who is divorced than a man who is never married. Yeah. Hands down. Okay. Yeah. You tried it. It didn't work. There were some issues. You had different finances, whatever. I mean, we all know the usual stressors, right? Um, but here's what I think they should do. Okay. If the show was really smart from a casting perspective, you don't, just don't wait for the men to put in their applications you have to go find them mm -hmm. did you ever watch patty stanger the millionaire matchmaker no okay patty stanger is a force to be reckoned with what she did on her brilliant show now they were millionaires but she did casting calls in la where she had like the people come in and those were the people who didn't have the money per se but like wanted to be on the show and wanted to be considered what they should do is let's say they choose susan okay i love susan yeah whole crossover with chris jenner do you know where susan lives is she no. in texas? probably let's just say she's in texas what you do is you go to texas and you do casting calls and you actually do you enlist matchmakers you really put money into casting, mm -hmm. okay? You don't wait for them to come to you. You go after them and they're not on Instagram, okay? Mm -hmm. So you don't have the same market. But if you're really smart about it, you go, there are these men, they're out there. Yeah. 100%. You go to professional organizations. I live in Silicon Valley. You find the business organization. You go find those men. You find them on match.com, okay? You go find them on match.com and you know where else you find them on LinkedIn. Mm. Okay. Cause that's what actually matchmakers do. I was part of this whole um, group and, and the matchmakers go on LinkedIn to find matches for their people. Okay. They have to be really smart about casting to find good men. And here's the difference between men and women, men after divorce, get remarried quicker than women after divorce mm, yeah oh yeah no that's not, yeah 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 men get married within i'm sorry that was men get married within two to three years after divorce women oftentimes don't because they're like eh, i don't know if i need to be married again mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially if they've been hurt they have a negative experience so you got to get that man within that pocket because he's now divorced Maybe he goes to a matchmaker, maybe he's on match.com, maybe he's in LinkedIn. And that casting, that ABC casting who did such a brilliant job with the marketing needs to find those men. Yeah. So if they hired me, I would help them. I would tell them how to get these men, get good men and make a brilliant show. And then we need to have a golden 
Bachelor in Paradise on a cruise ship. Yeah, love boat edition. Yeah, perfect. Love boat. Yeah. You have given me hope. That that is great. I do think you're right. There there is a ways it can be done, and it's not that all older men are going to be um, it, not you know not ideal. Uh, so yeah, and I agree because like we were teased for so long. So these women were applying for years and years, and they had their grandparent or their granddaughters applying for them, and all these things. And we don't have the time. And and it, you're saying they're not going to do it. So yeah, we have to seek them out, and we have to get them when the the iron's hot, and and obviously find some widows. Um, yeah. And uh, damn. Okay, I have hope again. Okay, great. <laughs> I really think that this could be, again, people are watching, people took note. And I here's the other thing, Jenna, I would love to see just a bigger shakeup. I would love to see something different than the fantasy suites. Like I, I, I feel like it's kind of a little bit tired and I sort of didn't like the, I mean, I love the whole show and I love the women, but I would like to see even more changes kind of made. I just don't think like, again, being in the, mansion with the bunk beds like don't do that these women deserve more the men deserve more are they really going to want to do that they're not going to all be hanging out at the pool you know what i mean yeah. i just feel like it lends towards a big shakeup. yeah yeah i love that that's a great idea they've got the money i think they need to just uh, invest in kind of doing it a little bit different yeah and people are so excited about it so i think they should really they need to invest in this this iteration for sure, full stop. So I'm really excited about it. And I'm so excited in uh, two weeks to see Z Finale uh, is going to be one for the ages. And we're just we're very excited about it. Um, thank you so much, Diane, for coming on again and talking about all this like very, you know, uh, next level shit. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm like, ugh, I I was very, I'm very happy with myself for not, in my opinion, doing a bad job this season talking about the seniors, because I just found it all so relatable and wonderful. I just think it's really been such, um, again, there are so many people like even like just last week who, you know, DM me and I was like saying like, this is such a positive experience of like example of closure and what closure could look like and sharing your feelings. And, and I love those conversations that come out of this, that these are like the healthy models. Like it's going to be really hard for me to go back to the normal bachelor. I don't even know how I, I sort of just, I'm going to be sad. I'm like going to cry. It's going to be over. Yeah, I know. It really is. It's pretty hard. Uh, it is pretty hard. <laughs> After the well, it's probably ultimatum. how you felt when when we talked about like the ultimatum, right? I was just like, literally, I was like, after the queer ultimatum, it was so hard. And the only thing that kept it good was because Charity was amazing. And it was such a good season. Had it been anyone else, I would have been like pretty wrecked. And so I am nervous because Joey has a lot riding on his fucking shoulders right now. <laughs> um but i i have faith that he will bring a good dramatic season so on the on the lowdown i can't say who told me this but because i'm in the dm with some of these women they all have said they felt very taken care of and i really was happy to hear that mm -hmm. uh, because other shows who have had conflict about that very thing being taken care of or not being taken care of I was really happy to hear it. So that to me gave me hope too. Yeah.
that's good. I think things are shifting a little bit. So yeah. that makes yeah. me happy to hear for sure. Well, um, we're not, we're not there with body diversity. I mean, yeah. I know that's your platform and I, I too, and I, I even thought that if we had some women who were curvaceous and beautiful and, you know, you don't need all that Botox and plastic surgery. And I, I just want to say like, we need pro aging, you know, aging with grace. I mean, I just, all of them. Which I think is just such a beautiful, like that, I don't know, I'm not seeing that discourse that much on here, which is great. And I feel like that's so beautiful. And I really hope that the producers understand that that this is a great example of how it can be done. And like, it didn't, it didn't end in really like too much body shaming or anything. I'm sure some people, I'm, you know, I, yeah, the comments of like Leslie's more attractive or whatever, but like at the same time, like it wasn't that bad. And like, I think it was really beneficial. And like the fact that the people are watching because they feel themselves represented is just so important. And it's like, duh, like, please put some bigger people on the show. It would <sighs> scream until my, my, my face is blue, but, but I'm grateful for what we have. And I, again, I'm so grateful for you. Everyone check out Dr. Diane on Instagram at back to love doc. And is your YouTube the same? Well, no, my, my YouTube is reality TV therapy. I link it on my, my Instagram and then you can find me there, which is fun. I really love YouTube because there's so many positive comments on YouTube. I just love it. That's good. No safe space. We love that. <laughs> So yeah, go ahead and check out Diane's content there and we'll have you back again. And thank you again so much. Thank you for what you do. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. And thank you to the listeners for what you do, keeping us going and uh, excited about all the weird shit that's going on. It's a, it's a very, it feels like we're in a weird special like part of the internet culture. And I'm so happy to share that space with all of you. So until then, stay golden. Thank you for listening to Date Card Pod. Make sure you're following the podcast on all of the social media platforms. On Instagram and TikTok, it is at Date Card Pod. On Twitter, it's at Date Card Podcast. And you can email me at DateCardThePodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is hosted and produced by myself, Jenna Vesper. And you can find me on at Jenna with a smile on Instagram and check out all my other fun projects I have. Thank you so much to Michaela Jane for our amazing artwork and find her at MichaelaJane.com. And a huge thank you to Jed Overly for our theme music. You can find him on Instagram at JeddyBoyJames. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you share it with a friend, share it with your boss, share it with your mom, maybe an enemy. I don't really care as long as you share it. Okay. And maybe leave a review. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hello and welcome to the ad for Afternoonified. The ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. We hope you like mummies, weird religions, cheese, historical figures, dicks, religion, and like a lot of other stuff. Did it work? Are you going to listen? Emily, they can't hear you. They're like pressing the skip button right now. Oh. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.